of the Town of Love Basketball and Hockey Podcast, brought to you by Michelin Tires. I am your host, Adam Hess, and with me as always, my co-host, Mike Regan. Mike, how you doing today? You been up all night watching uh, watching some wrestling? Oh, I'm doing good, yeah. Watching some wrestling. I gotta say, I'm, if I can wax poetic for a moment. So, Rhea Ripley, a.k.a. Mommy, main evented the WWE's premium live event. Uh, early this morning from Perth, Australia, her home country, in front of 52,000 freaking Aussies, okay? And I got a little emotional. And here's why. <laughs> because it was so nice to see someone who's really fucking talented, really unique, and busted her ass to get over actually be rewarded for it. <laughs> it was just awesome to see. And this may be like sour grapes from suffering through like the late 2000s and like the early 2010s and most of the 2010s <laughs> and seeing people who were unique and getting over get their legs cut out from underneath them but I got very emotional and most of Twitter was also emotional and like very happy for her. so it was very cool I recommend anybody who's a wrestling fan who didn't watch it check it out this kind of feels like an LA Knight subtweet no no okay yeah <laughs> Kind of I, did, I did see one comment on uh, x.com formerly known as where, where someone, <laughs> I was going to say like I think it was a response to like the Wrestlemania poster of Becky versus Rhea and they were like Liv should have won I was like are you the, I think you're the only person here who's saying that <laughs> it just really caught me by surprise I kind of want to go into that person's account and see who they think should have won the men's elimination chamber Yeah, like were they out there going Logan Paul should have won <laughs> yo Logan Paul just hate it all over the world is he, he, getting, he getting booed in perth yeah like bobby lashley speared him through a pod and there was a thank you bobby chant and there's this great moment where like however many men were left in the match were all like down selling and so the camera was kind of bouncing around and whenever the camera which i'm guessing like the jumbotron in the arena is obviously also showing like the same feed whenever it cut to logan paul they would start booing they cut away and they cut back and the crowd started booing again. It's the only person currently working in WWE who gets more booze than Logan Paul, Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, those are, those are definitely the top two. Yeah. But Logan Paul will like go away for a little bit, come back, and everybody uh everybody still hates the ever loving shit him. And bastard cost Randy Orton the match. How'd he do that? Did he take Randy Orton to a suicide forest? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I was going to say he drowned him in prime energy, but that was like a really PG joke compared to where you you just came out swinging with that. It's my, my first memory of the Brothers Paul was when they were like live reaction to the Japanese suicide forest. Right, so that happened and I was like, okay, well, those guys are probably like done. And then all these years later, it was like Logan Paul and his brother are going to do boxing. And he was like, wow, I didn't know that they were still like wildly successful. Yeah, it's like if... It's like if PewDiePie was somehow playing point guard in the NBA. That, <laughs> that really took a second, and then the dots connected. <laughs> like, like, like if you go back and you're like, oh, this guy was super YouTube famous, and in a few years, he'll be one of the most important athletes in the world. Hey, what, what are we doing here, man? I don't know. What are you fucking doing? Hey, let me ask you a question. One more thing before we have to start talking about what we actually come here to talk about. If you didn't know who Logan Paul was, and I showed you a picture, and I said, this guy's Australian, would you believe me? Yeah. Right? He looks Australian, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's got kind of an Australian vibe. Okay, thank you. 
And if you showed me a picture of his brother and said, this guy has gonorrhea, I would also believe you. <laughs> I would definitely. I would definitely. <laughs> you know what? Uh, what? I'm doing it. Brothers, Paul, come fucking debate us on our podcast. You think you're so fucking great? How about you step up to the big leagues for once? You want to debate with Brothers Paul? Yeah, about whatever they want. Yeah, his... Uh, fucking, fucking lap them in anything. I don't know what they're well-equipped to debate. The Unless pros it's... and cons of antibiotics after you get the clap. <laughs> what a great name. What a I'm great nickname saying, for an STD, by the way. I'm just saying, there has never been a man who looks more prone to getting minor STDs than Jake Paul. Yeah, he, he it's looks, like he looks him 30. number one, and then like one B is Russell Brand. Oh yeah, Russell Brand just looks like he's teeming with STDs. That guy, that guy invented some STDs. He was in the lab cooking them up. Yeah, like they found a new species of crabs on him. <laughs> they, they were, were like, lobsters. Are, Damn it! <laughs> he stole my joke. <laughs> like a quarter of a second before he could get it out too. I know. <laughs> Fuck. Uh-oh. All right, Mike. Despite the first six minutes and 20 seconds of this podcast, we are a basketball and hockey podcast, and we're here today to talk about hockey and basketball. Mike, what did you want to start off with? Well, you put hockey first in the rundown, so I was kind of mentally prepared to go there. I feel like you put so much more stake in the rundown than I ever do. All things are decided by the rundown. I'll hail the magic rundown. <laughs> All right, Mike. We're in, uh, we're in the doldrums of the late season in both hockey and basketball, so we got to find ways to kind of kickstart our interest in these sports. And today we will be doing that in the ways that I love. And that is talking about gambling odds and awards. So first up, NHL. That's not on the rundown. <laughs> yeah, it is. We'll get there. Don't worry. Okay. First up, hockey. Okay. <clears throat> so wild development here. Pulled up the odds on uh on FanDuel today, apparently my list is outdated. Mike, you want to take a run at who the top five currently are for the President's Trophy? Boston. Boston's number three. The Rangers. The Rangers are number one. Wow. Uh, the Canucks have to be in there somewhere, right? Canucks are fifth. Okay, yeah. They have lost four in a row. So. Yeah, they lost, they, they've lost, and that was all in the last week, too. Okay. Tell me my uh, my sweet, sweet Florida Panthers are on there. Panthers are number two. Let's go. So who am I missing? You are missing the Winnipeg Jets. Ah. Plus 600. So initially, when we came up with this topic last week, uh, Vancouver was firmly in first place. And Mm -hmm. then uh, I was out of town, so we ended up not doing the podcast. Now, how are you feeling about those other teams' chances? Now, well, we're talking Eastern Conference a little bit later, but how do you -hmm. you feel right now about the race for the President's Trophy with the Rangers who are, are... have a 10-game point streak. They've won nine in a row. Mm-hmm. And they're currently sitting at a points percentage of 693, 79 total points. Well, first things first, point streaks are fucking stupid. You still lost a game. It doesn't count. <laughs> um, you lost. So I'm going to go ahead and just say that. Uh, I'm just glad it is a race because I got worried for a second there. The powers of PDO would run away with this thing. In a way, it kind of still is because Boston's tied with Vancouver at 80 points. So. Power PDO is still at play, but it should be fun. I'm glad that there's multiple teams like actually in it. Like there's not a lot of you're not sitting here making up ridiculous roadmaps to try to say, oh, this team's still alive when they're not. Yeah, we are. What do you mean? There are so many teams right now 
that people are like, well, if this and this and this happens, like people are still dogging themselves into the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. I was saying more for just the president's trophy. Just the president's trophy? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people, people, I mean, okay, so we're, we, there's no other way we can crowbar the Penguins into this podcast. So just because I brought them up here, what, is Sidney Crosby going to finish like top five in heart voting? Probably. He's having isn't a fantastic he, season. Isn't he in his mid-60s? I think so. Yeah. He's pretty I think old. him and uh, Yarmir Yager are the same age, right? I'm pretty sure he voted for Eisenhower. Yeah. Twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> he likes Ike. He's an Ike man. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, it's gonna be insane when Sidney Crosby ends up like fifth or sixth in heart voting. Troy Terry, not Troy Terry, Jesus Christ, Tristan Jari <laughs> ends up like fourth in Vesna voting. Like he leads the league in shutouts, and the team misses the playoff by like nine points. Yeah, it's almost like the only pieces still playing good are like the last remnants of when they were a cup contender. <laughs> if you were them, you trained Jake Gunsel? Uh we talked about this heavily last podcast. Yeah, but last podcast, Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm pretty sure were the one seed, weren't they? <laughs> they were not. Uh, but I probably would. I mean, do you really think you're gonna be like, all right, Crosby retires, Malkin retires, um, you know, Latang retires before anything else catastrophic happens yeah. to him. Uh, and then you have like an 85 year old Eric Carlson who has like one of the worst defensive ratings in the league again. <laughs> and you're sitting here being like, yeah, we got Gunsel, so we can just, you know, real quick rebuild on the fly, get back in this thing. Like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. You're better off moving Gunsel, getting a bunch of shit for it, especially if you're not going to be able to come to a term with them, like a deal with them. Cause your cap space, their cap space isn't great. CC taking on the Eric, the Eric Carlson contract. Um, so if you're already sliding towards a rebuild and you're already not in good cap situation, why would you, I, I just don't know why would you hang on to him when you can get assets for him. Does that make sense? Am I rambling? You're, you're rambling a little bit, but I get what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Would you rather right now be the Pittsburgh Penguins front office or the Buffalo Sabres? <laughs> um, I would actually rather be the Buffalo Sabres and that's without being biased without being biased this fucking I'm, guy I'm not just because the Sabres are, are very young we have a cap situation that's not as dire even though like Cousins and Tage and Tage Thompson's extensions are kicking in but we're still going to have money to work with Um, compared to it's, I, it's, it's rough to be a GM and have to come out of an era where you had one of the best players in the entire game and you have to move on from that. I mean, did you want to be the Bulls GM when like after you broke up the what year was that? Last dance. <laughs> you really uh really flaccidly trickled your way over the finish line on this metaphor. No, I'm just saying like he broke up he was it why it's it was 96, right? Am I crazy? No, it's what not. was it? I'm just going to let you hang yourself with your rope here. <laughs> no. You could have so easily said the GM who broke up the Jordan Bulls, but instead you decided to, had to be hang specific. your reputation on your year. 
you know, not the guy, they, they booed him, even though he's dead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I wouldn't want to be him because my widow gets booed. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Uh, would you want to be Bill Belichick after Tom Brady left town? That didn't go well, you know? What do you mean? Didn't, didn't they win another Super Bowl or, or six after that? They did not, but they did you get sure? Mac Jones to a Pro Bowl. Might have to, might have to Google that. Uh, so, an extra point there. You, you're talking about how bad their cap situation is. The Athletic right now is putting out Scott Wheeler's uh, prospect pipeline rankings. Mm-hmm. What rank do you think the Penguins are for their prospect pipeline? One through thirty-two, I'm guessing is the ranking. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you want the exact number? Or can I bracket it? Exact number. What the fuck do you All think right. you're doing here? Twenty-sixth. Twenty-sixth is the Avalanche. That tracks. Twenty-eighth. Twenty-eighth is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mike, right, they're twenty-seventh. How the fuck did you do that? <laughs> Damn. Here are the teams around them, by the way. Um, okay. <laughs> It starts off funny, but then stick with me. Okay. Number 32, the New York Islanders. That's just, <laughs> that's sad. That's so funny. That's so fucking funny. Uh, it gets funnier though, Mike. Number 31, the Ottawa Senators. Oh no. You see, the rebuild is done. <laughs> Rebuild's done. Because <laughs> you're, su- you're out of supplies. So, <laughs> it's over. It's like if you sat down to take the AP test and just didn't bring any pencils with you. Yeah. <laughs> number 30, the Bruins. Number 29, the Lightning. Number 28, the the Maple Leafs, 27, the Penguins, 26, the Avs, 25, Edmonton, and 24, Florida, 23, Vegas. I keep reading these because I keep waiting for there to be like another team in that tier with the Penguins, but all these teams outside of those bottom two are better than the Penguins. Who's number one? You want to you wanna, you wanna hazard a guess there? It's not Buffalo anymore, right? Uh, well, I can't tell because they've only released up through number eight. Yeah, so you okay. want to... You wanna... <laughs> You want to guess who number eight is? <laughs> um, sure. Let's say the. Um, I have no idea. Anaheim Ducks. National Predators. National, really? Yeah. Oh, good for them. Um, well, I can tell you quickly scrolling through this. Buffalo is at least in the top eight. Yes, that's so, actual. There you go. Uh, all right. So we got way the fuck off topic here. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> what? Just a couple of other. Uh, a couple of other points that I had out here from last week with Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas, Florida, Boston, and the Rangers are all now on pace to eclipse 110 points on the season. Winnipeg is at 110 points. Vancouver just now dipped down to 110 points. Um, this the In the last week, Vancouver has had their first pointless – or first consecutive pointless games since November. Mm-hmm. And the last time – the Vancouver Canucks won a President's Trophy. Can you guess this, Mike? When is the last time that Vancouver won a President's Trophy? 2010. 2012. They won two straight. Mike. The era of the Sedins. Last time Buffalo Sabres won was in 2007. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. We got knocked down this. Sabres on path for 77 points. Yeah, I know. Not great. We beat the Blue Jackets yesterday 2-1, and I was like, God, we suck. We couldn't get an empty netter on the Blue Jackets. <laughs> what do you think about it? Every shot on goal against the Blue Jackets is kind of an empty netter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike, our main event today mm-hmm. for the hockey segment. We're going to go through the top four teams in the East. And each of us is going to make the case for two and the case against two of them. Now, Mike, you might be saying, how can we possibly decide who is going to make the case? 
And for those of you who are devoted to the podcast, you might be familiar that our other podcast was brought to you by The Wheel. And because of that, we're not using a wheel on this podcast. I'm just going to flip a fucking coin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Mike. First team up. We're going to go with the Florida Panthers here. Right. The Florida Panthers. And this is going to be the coin flip for you to pick if you're making the case for them or against them. Oh, boy. Uh, so, heads or tails? Tails. All right. It's flipping. It's flipping. Tails. You're making the case for or against there, Mike? I'll make the case for them, baby. All right, Mike. Take the stage. The floor is yours. Microphone coming up from the floor like it's in the Oscars. Spotlight's on. Make the case for why the Florida Panthers are winning the East. Vibes. Back to you. No, I'm just kidding. We don't record the video on this, so no one's going to see that, but I was like maybe two (laughs) inches away from taking a bite of pasta when you did that. So they're just all around. I, I... I think they're winning the Stanley Cup. I just think they're winning the East. They're all around one of the best teams in hockey. They have one of arguably the best lines in the league this year with the uh, the Rhino, Barkov, and Rodriguez line. They have a 75% goal share. Barkov's probably a favorite for the Selkie. Easy favorite, yeah. Easy favorite for the Selkie. Rhino's having, like, Reinhardt is having, like, the grest, grest, the best season of his career. They're fourth. The whole team's fourth in goals percentage. Um... They have the fourth lowest shots on goals right now, which is a big point I'm going to get to because they're, you remember their Stanley Cup run last year. It was very vibes and high scoring percentage and Bob was taking a shitload of shots and they obviously went in to the offseason with the intent to change that and they have. They have the second lowest goals against average and Bobrovsky is even playing crazily, lights out. They're just, they're not a high PDO team. They're just playing all around really fucking good hockey i know it's my my job to make the case against but just some of the other things to point out here mm-hmm. um the that top line you pointed out what was the line on that or what was the the line there Barkov, rodriguez and, and reinhardt yeah so in limited minutes they have the second best line in hockey in verhage barkov and reinhardt now that mm-hmm. that line doesn't play a lot together but by expected goal percent one of the best lines in hockey um their power play has been very good. Uh, Kachuk and Verhage in the top 10 for for Corsi, which is basically a shooting percentage stat that takes away some of the noise. And like you said, Barkov, probably the front runner for the Selkie. Um, here's the case against Mike. There's no way Sergei Bobrovsky, A, stays healthy, and B, <laughs> stays above average through the postseason. If it's, so, I think... Go ahead. I was say, I think it, they can if they keep limiting the amount of chances he's going to have to face. The man is 904 years old, Mike. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, currently sitting at uh, a 15 goal saved above expected, which is three and some change per game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He's played 42 games so far this year. 42 games so far this year mike do you know how many games that is did you say 42 it's 42 games that's a lot of miles to put on yeah. sergey bobrovsky let's take over half half of a season <laughs> like it, but it, so their backup stolars has played 17 right mm-hmm. and there's what probably 20-ish games left in the season for him 
I can do the math here real quick. They've played 59 games. So, yeah, 23 games left in the season. Mm-hmm. If you assume that split continues between Stolarz and Bobrovsky, especially as Florida is in uh, a lot of competition in the East for, for seeding, Bobrovsky's going to eclipse 50 games by the end of the season. And as previously stated, the man is 900 years old. So, what happens when Bobrovsky has a billion miles on him and then we get into playoff hockey where they're playing every other day? Constant road trips against high-level competition. I think this team is built to play playoff hockey. What is that supposed to mean? Like, I, they're just... They're not... That defensive unit... So, one thing is they do not have, like, a star elite... Well, depending on what you think of Ekblad at this point in his career. They don't have, like, that star, like, prime, like premier guy on defense but they have a really good defensive unit that they somehow put together that i know they, they lost radko guda so they lost one of the best beards in hockey but even in spite of that uh they were able to do some pretty good patchwork and I, I just i'm not worried if bob's out there for a lot of games as long as we're not asking him to go out there and make 40 saves when you said one of the best after redco gudas mm-hmm. in my head i was like i cannot imagine how this <laughs> sentence is gonna end and then you said beard and i went okay yeah yeah i, I can get behind that He's <laughs> definitely not one of the best defensemen. Um, no. So, let's say Bobrovsky ends up over 50 games. Mm-hmm. How what? How many games do you expect him to play in the playoffs then? Like, seven-game series, he's playing what? Six of the games? Five of the games? In a seven-game series? Probably playing most. Like, I don't... I'd, yeah, I mean, I didn't think he, in a seven-game series he was going to play two games. I mean, is it going seven? Yeah, that's that's the implication here, Mike. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, if it wasn't going seven, there's a chance like where you're up three zero and you just throw Stolarz out there to finish the game, the game up. I don't know. Stolarz's numbers aren't terrible. No, but who are you, you to I'm, doubt Stolarz? You lo- well, <laughs> uh, a guy who watched too much Anaheim Ducks last season, I guess. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like in in the play sp- split, there forty two games to seventeen games. It's pretty hefty on on. I uh, fucking Jesus Bobrovsky. I couldn't get Gudis's last name out of my head. So, you're adding more miles onto a guy with a ton of miles. Like if he eclipses 60 games by the time that it's it's Cup final time, mm-hmm. are you believing in that? You think 75 year old Sergey Bobrovsky already has had injury problems in the past? I mean, we're, we're kind of looking at Jeremy Swayman's situation from last year, where the miles are just going to mount up so much that come playoffs, it's going to be dead on his feet. Jeremy Swayman? For Boston? He split time with Linus last year, though. Yeah, but Swayman didn't have any legs by the playoffs. Oh, uh, okay. He got, I mean, they he got absolutely smoked in the playoffs, and they just had to, they just had to play, what's his face? Linus, the guy who won the Vesna? I'm so yeah, confused. Okay. <laughs> Really I might have I might have the Boston goalie situation backwards on how how that split yeah. ended up working out. It might have, did Linus get gassed by the playoffs and Jeremy yeah. Swayman played a ton? That was up. Yeah, Linus was got shredded in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so I, I accept your argument to the point where it is a it's going to be a team effort there. 
like if the defense starts to struggle, I, I keep going back to that and they start to get shelled. Cause like throughout the season, they're top five lowest. When you look at like scoring chances against high danger chances against and all these things. So they're pr- pr- the senior citizen they have in the net. They're protecting him very well. Like he's getting up every day. He's going outside, but you know, they're doing like a light walk around the park. You know, they're not going on a hike. If they try to start taking, you know, grandpa out of the home to go on a hike, he might slip and fall down a cliff. Are they letting him take Cialis in this situation? <laughs> you know that, like, that's bad for your heart, Grandpa. Yeah, well, he only has so much time left. Might as well live it up. <laughs> Is Cialis the one where they're in the bathtubs? Yeah. Okay. The claw bathtubs outside. Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. You're with a girl. Or a woman, okay. I should say. <laughs> and she says, you know what I want to do is I want to put two cl- claw tub bathtubs out on this hill and we can go sit in there. Mm-hmm. How many clerical issues do you have between step one and the final step of that? Like, okay, first off, who's putting the bathtubs out there? Second, how are we getting the water in there? Third, by the time we get in, isn't the water going to be fucking freezing? Fourth, why are we in bathtubs next to each other? Doesn't that kind of remove some of the sexual intimacy? No, because you just hold hands. Nothing sexier than holding hands. <laughs> yeah. Just hold hands and crank it. <laughs> Water's splashing around. Ice cold water splashing around. Like, yeah, did I mean, they fill it up with a hose or a bucket? I, I think they're really rich and they have some sort of, like, outdoor plumbing system. system. Yeah, exactly. Did they shower first? Like, I don't. Do you have. When's the last time you took, like, a bath? Like, a bath bath? I don't think. I haven't done that in. At least 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were going to take one, would you shower first? Like, let me not sit in my own filth kind of thing? Yeah, that's a thing that, like, some cultures do. Because they're like, I just sat in my own filth. That was comforting. But, like, now I want to get the filth off of me. Or vice versa. Like, I'm going to get the filth off before I go sit in a tub that will become my own filth. Also, when they get all horned up from sitting in these bathrooms <laughs> next to each other, do they plow outside or do they go back inside their house to plow? And how far away <laughs> is the house? <laughs> and I imagine one of them just kind of like does kind of like a whale or dolphin-esque move and like hops out of the one tub into the other. Yeah, you think you can get momentum off like the curve at the back of the tub and go up <laughs> yeah. to the front like like yeah. you're doing like one of those transitions from Tony Hawk Underground. Right, yeah. But you got to be careful because sometimes you overshoot the other tub and it, <laughs> it's pretty poorly. End up doing a full gainer in the front line. Especially with Cialis, you're going to stick like a lawn dart. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about it anymore. <laughs> Sergei Bobrovsky, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, that's right. Hey, who do you think wins the Vezina? Is it is it Hellebuck's award to lose at this point? Yeah. You yeah, think there's any chance that Demko wins it? I think Demko's in the conversation and so is Hellebuck. I think if uh, the Flames were a better team, Markstrom would be in the conversation too. What what if the, what if Markstrom gets traded to a place and steps up as the starter? Oh, that'd be an interesting interesting thing. Like to LA or something. Yeah, and he, like, makes them good again. Oh, man. I wish I had a president who would do that. <laughs> make the Kings good again? Make, make the Kings great again. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a great platform. You focus on one hockey team from one city <laughs> in your bid to run a whole country. Especially in a city where the hockey team is, like, the fourth most important team. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike, you got any more thoughts on the Panthers? Can we move on and talk about the next team? We can move on and talk about the next team. All right, next up, the Boston Bruins from Boston. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is going to be my coin flip here, Mike. Yeah. If I can get my tab open. There we go. All right, I'm calling heads. 
And it's on heads. So I will... You know what? I'm going to make the case against Boston. I'm going to make you defend Boston. Okay. Because that's fun for me. So the case against Boston. Outrageously high PDO. Yeah. Second highest in the league. And that's only because Vancouver's still riding the PDO high from the start of the season. Their highest scoring offensive line, which is uh, Brad Marchand, Charlie Cole, and David Pasternak, or as Mike likes to call him, the Greek freak. Um, 40th, 45th ranked by expected goals. That is their okay. highest scoring line is ranked 45th. They have a minorly negative expected goal percentage as a team too. So they're definitely one of those teams that's writing high counting stats and low advanced numbers. This is not the kind of team that you want to be come April and May. And I think a big part of this is we've all started to talk ourselves into them because once again, their goalie tandem's having a great season. They continue to produce despite the retiring of, of uh, Patrice Bergeron, who's one of the greatest players in, in Bruins history, if not the greatest player in Bruins history. Whoa, please calm down. We're going to get hate mail. Who's How, how many te- players in Bruins history are better than Patrice Bergeron? Bobby fucking Orr? Like, I don't know. Really, though? Let's see what he could do in the dead puck era. How about that? Okay. Um. <laughs> How about we put a visor on him? See if he can even see his own fucking hands. Um, so Patrice, the retirement of the best player in Bruins history, and by a long shot, the best player. Like, it's like Patrice Bergeron in a tier of his own, and then it's like in the next tier down is like Marchand, Pasternak, <laughs> oh maybe Bobby Orr. You that Boston sports fans aren't like rational people. <laughs> like they will do something drastic for hearing these things. <laughs> you know what else? Dunkin' Donuts fucking sucks. Uh, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Pick it up. As a city, your favorite place to go get coffee and donuts is dog shit. That's right. Timmy Ho's all day. Fucking. Well, I don't live in Canada, so I don't get <laughs> Timmy Ho's that often, but. Okay. Uh, anyways. Giordano's. I was trying to think of a Chicago-based thing, but Chicago Aromo Cafe, that's not famous enough. No. Hmm. Portillo's. Eric Portillo? The hot the hot dog place, Portillo's. Oh, I thought you meant the former goalie for the Michigan Wolverines. What about United? <laughs> Is United enough of like a thing to where I can be like, ah, we have an airline? I mean, basically, you have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. CM Punk, how about that? I mean, that's my favorite Chicago-produced product. <laughs> how dare you? Well, I guess I'm not Chicago-produced. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just fucking live here. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, anyways, Bobby Orr sucks. Uh, 49.75 accepted goals as a team. Okay. It, this, it feels kind of paper dragony, and I get it. Everyone's still going to be afraid of Boston because it's fucking Boston. Mm-hmm. But the underlying numbers there, like, once you get to a seven-game series and someone can really, like, clamp down on you, I think, I think Boston might get eliminated in the first round. I think they might get toasted this year, buddy. I'm going to clamp you. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's why, funny. To, why did you do that? You you did a line from Futurama, right? Was that yeah. what you're going for? But the you clamps. did it in the you did it in the voice of the grapist. <laughs> did I? <laughs> I'm gonna tie you to the radiator. I'm gonna clamp you for years. <laughs> All right. Um, just mixing our our obscure references. Not a lot of people are gonna get. You know, so, you know, one of the guys from Wise Kids, you know, made Barbarian. I did not know that. Yeah, it it was the guy that's not the dead one and not the greatest. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he he made Barbarian. Huh. So, real quick, I think you think it's funny that you say, like, I think they might get smoked in the first round. Like, that. Like it just happened last year, so. <laughs> Not a hot take, really, but. Um, I struggle to defend them because. Because you hate them. That, and because really they're just, they're very similar to last year's team, in my opinion. Like, they lost Connor Clifton and Dmitry Orlov, but they still have a very good defensive unit. Um, Pasta is still ridiculous, and I think they've gotten a better level of play from guys like Charlie Coyle and Jake DeBrusque than they probably... Let me rephrase that. They're getting a level of play out of them that they definitely needed to be where they are. Like, they stepped up in the absence of, of some of the other guys. But come to playoffs, if they do make this a run, they're going to have to play some very boring hockey with some very high shooting percentages, which is kind of what they do now. It's kind of their, their, their MO. Um, they are third in goal percentage, fifth in high danger chances for, uh, first in rebound goals for, which is just an interesting stat. Uh, and third in goals against. So... I just described like kind of a high PDO team, I think. Now that I yeah. Think <laughs> Which, uh, once again, second in PDO in the league. Yeah. So it's hard. I'm trying to think of my best case four for them, but the best case four is it's the Bruins, and we've seen them play boring ass hockey, get hot goaltending, and win Stanley Cups in the past. <laughs> By the way, uh, 972 team shooting percentage right now. That's pretty good. It's fourth in the league. Yeah. What, still just first? Bar- yeah, barely ahead of Arizona and Ottawa. Yeah, it, it, some of the, like, there's some statistics that are funny because it would be, like, six shit teams and then one of the really good ones plugged in the middle. <laughs> and you're like, so I don't know if this is a good stat or bad to have. I'm so confused. You got any more in your, your case for the Bruins? No, I did the best I could considering I hate their stinking guts. You didn't even mention the goaltending. Hey, I defended Bobby Orr. All right, like, give me some credit, Boston fans. I tried. I was there for you for that. Pretty sure he was only on the Red Wings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not my goat. Is, is is does Bobby Orr get like the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar treatment, where there's just like a collection of people who are actually like, actually, Bobby Orr was the greatest player in hockey history. No, I think everybody agrees it was Wayne Gretzky. There's not like a really a lot of guys. Like, I don't know who's um. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> well, so, so he's more like Kobe stands, where there's probably like a small collection of them, but they're really sure that he's the best player in hockey history. Well, I mean, you get the people who are like, yeah, you know, Gretzky was the best, but you know, Gordy Howe was Mister Hockey, <laughs> best all around player, <laughs> inventor of the Gordy Howe hat trick, dude. Fucking a goal and assist in a fight. Yeah. Someone had that in like four minutes in a game last week, and I can't remember who it was now. Oh, I do remember getting like a Bleacher Report notification. <laughs> yeah, there's like one of the fastest Gordy Howe hat tricks in a, in a minute. Yeah. You know Bobby Orr is still alive? Yeah. And he's only a few years younger than Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Sergei's catching strays today. <laughs> All right, Mike. Up next, New York Rangers. Uh, just because of the breakdown of this, you are going to have to make the case against. Okay. Anytime. Whenever you're ready. Oh, I thought you were going to jump on in there. and. No, I started the last one. Start going. It's snake okay. draft. 
I don't like a lot about the Rangers. This is I mean, this is sound weird. Well, like I look at a lot of the numbers. The Rangers, it's not like they don't they do a lot of things well. But I feel like they get a lot I feel like they're a collection of pieces and I don't feel like they are a team that I see what they're doing and I like what they're doing all together and all around, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like they have players who are having the years of their career. Artemi Panarin's ridiculous. Chris Kreider's obviously always been, like, a goal scorer. That's what he does. Vincent Trocek decided to hit 30 and be like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to have the best season of my life. Artemi Panarin kind of did that, too. <laughs> yeah, he kind of did that as well. So, I, I think they're kind of getting boosted by some very strong performances by certain players, and I don't see them as strong as an all-around, well, like, a well-rounded team. Yes, Adam Fox is still a fantastic defenseman, more offensively than the other side, but that's an argument for a different day. I don't my big concern is I think when it comes to nut cutting time in the playoffs is they're going to need Igor to be elite level Igor. He hasn't really gotten to that that hot point yet this year and he's facing a lot of rush attempts like near the top of the league in the amount of rush attempts and the amount of high danger shots he is facing. So they're not helping him out because I think as the farther you go down the list defensively, it gets weaker and weaker. Side note, Jacob Truba's third in the league. He's laid out 160 or he's already laid down and blocked 160 fucking shots this year. I think he might also lead the league in minutes played. Yeah. I think imagine you've played like 50 games of hockey or whatever this year. And at least three times a night you're dropping down and just taking a clapper right to the fucking arm or some shit something jake paul would be used to um oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you it what's what's with new york sports teams right now like is is jacob truba just the julius randall of hockey no because um, jacob truba has like zero offensive impact so so he's <laughs> the hassan white side of hockey yeah exactly Who's the Jalen Brunson of hockey? Sidney Crosby. Too tall. A lot, a lot of assists. <laughs> Too fucking tall, man. Who's the short guy who's really performing? Connor Bedard. I, I was thinking that too, but I didn't want to do rookie to like value. Oh, okay. Because Jalen Brunson's Brad, like 30. Brad Marchand? Brad Marchand's not bad. He's a tiny little man. He's a tiny, tiny little man. Tiny little bitch real front heavy too yeah <laughs> aren't you he's supposed to be telling me why the rangers are winning the east <laughs> he's got that cialis nose um he does. <laughs> so you, you kind of touched on it there but mm -hmm. shesterkin's been fucking ice cold and that's definitely not going to last forever like it, it might not be today might not be tomorrow might not even be a week from now but at some point shesterkin's suddenly going to be like a 920 925 goalie because he's just fucking awesome and you do, like you don't need him to be good right now because apparently Jonathan Quick is like prime <laughs> Dominic Hasek. Like I didn't see it coming, but the man the man is like has borderline a nine twenty save percentage and has twelve goals saved above expected. I mean he's what like this is the guy that was so bad on L.A. Mm -hmm. that they were like we'll play literally anyone instead of Jonathan Quick. Right. Like, we don't we don't want to keep him around. We want him off the fucking team because we cannot deal with him here anymore, despite being, like, a legend for this franchise. He ends up in New York and he goes, what if, oh, wait, 
I'm not supposed to let the puck in the goal. Okay, yeah, let me just not ever do that again. No more pucks in the goal when Jonathan Quick's on the ice. Well, I think once people tell Quick, like, hey, the Kings aren't a Stanley Cup team, he'll realize he's not going to get the chance to get his revenge by beating them in the Cup Finals, so he's going to go back to playing bad. (laughs) Just in time for Shesterkin to to heat up, baby. (laughs) Oh, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Second... Another individual performance thing, which I tend to skew towards individual performance, and that's because my background's really in basketball, so I have a, a rough time not thinking about individual performance, but Artemi Panarin, man. Fucking 78 points in 57 games. He's on pace for 112 points, which we call a three-quarters McDavid in this league. <laughs> and besides that, nine-game win streak, ten-game point streak, they're the hottest team in hockey right now. They are... Power play is absurdly hot. 92.87% goal share on the power play. 38 power play goals on the season. I don't know, man. Maybe it's not sustainable. I mean, they're like, even strength numbers aren't great. Their penalty kill's not great. But some of that's goaltending. I mean, some of it's just that this Vezina caliber guy that they have in the building, I don't know, came into the season tired. Spent too much of the summer getting poon. The Can't really pick it up yet. Mm-hmm. So if if Shosturkin evens out, or if Shosturkin, I mean, like in the in the previous years, their entire strategy has been, well, what if we're really good on offense, play no defense, and we have Igor Shosturkin behind us? And so if that clicks back in, and the offense stays as good as it's been, this team's fucking terrifying in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't. Um, the only point I push back on is the. I don't put much weight in. Uh, once the playoffs start, like this team has an amazing power play. I'm like, yeah, so do the Oilers. Let me uh, let me see how many cups they got. <laughs> All right, like power play can quickly disappear on you. Special teams can just die fast in the playoffs. You seem like a guy who would be a lot more concerned with someone's penalty kill than their power play in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. It's all about it's five on five. There's really numbers that really matter. Yeah, even strength. It's all about even yeah. strength. I'm I'm with you on that. All right, Mike. One more team to cover here. Mm-hmm. I am once again making the case for, and you are making the case against, and that is the Carolina Panthers. I was trying to see if you thought I was going to say Toronto or something. You didn't We're, go with Toronto? No. Why would I go with Toronto? Because they have a high... Oh, I thought you went off the... You sent the article with the Stanley Cup percent percentages, and Toronto was ahead sure. of Carolina. Right, but Carolina's ahead in the standings. Yeah, but Toronto's also on a winning streak. They've been better. You really think Carolina has a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup than the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yes, I do. Really? <laughs> you don't? Toronto's third place in their own division. Yeah, but they've been hot lately, and they also have, like, this kid named Austin Matthews who's about to have a season <laughs> like we haven't seen in eons from a goal-scoring standpoint. Toronto and Carolina have the same record in their last 10 games. And currently, Carolina's a point up, and they've pl- both played 56 games. All right. What, what, you know what the weird part about this is? Is I was excited to get to shit on Toronto and do the case against. And then you said we were actually doing Carolina, and all of a sudden I started defending Toronto. <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> all right, here, how, about, tell, how about we do tell this? Me, you, tell me you why the Hurricanes are, are so great. You have, something, you have something here. How about I make the case for the Hurricanes, and you make the case against the Toronto Maple Leafs? <laughs> no, let's, we'll do Hurricanes. <laughs> All right, case four. Uh-huh. They're just, I mean, it's another season where they're just absolutely demolishing advanced metrics. 
And, you know, they have their weird thing where they're just like, what if we just shoot it every time we're anywhere near the goal? But mm-hmm. at even strength, they're fourth in expected goal percent, power play is sixth in expected goal percent, and penalty kill is seventh in points allowed. They have eight players with at least 30 points, and Brent Burns continues to be an absolute steal for what they traded, traded for him. Like, their goaltending is a question mark, obviously. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the top-end talent other teams in the East do. For instance, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. But they're absolutely shredding through four lines again this season. And I don't know how many years we're going to let them get away with this. And, like, remember when they started the season and we were all like, oh, Carolina. Carolina's not looking too great. Mm-hmm. And now they're sitting here at a plus 30 goal differential. Currently, Money Puck has them number one in their power rankings. Really? Yeah. So, Number one in power score, which is, I don't know, a, a, a bunch of different advanced statistics mushed together, I guess. But mm-hmm. they're, they're number one, and they're pretty far ahead of number two. So I think my generic overall elevator pitch argument against the Hurricanes is very similar to the Maple Leafs. It's the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> It's the same Hurricanes we've seen for the last four years look great in the regular season and then get thumped in the playoffs at some point. All of a sudden, they can't score a goal. It all just disappears. Like Yeah, that's it, that's the problem with that whole system they run. Like, in yeah. the regular season, you, like, skate to the blue line and then just chuck it at the net and hope to get rebounds. And then in the playoffs, you're going up against, you know, the top eight goaltenders in your conference. Right, and... Like, yeah, they have, like, some, like, nice, evenly spread out point production. Their highest goal scorer is Sebastian Naho. He has 21 goals. Yeah, I looked that up. Do you know where he ranks in the league? It has to be, like, out, what, like, 50-something or lower? 41st. 41st. Yeah. So your highest goal scorer is the 41st highest goal scorer in the league. I just I can't sign off on you having the offensive firepower, especially if you're not going to ge- generate enough high-danger scoring chances for you to win the conference, especially if you're not getting strong goals in it. But at some point, Freddie Anderson is going to come back. Okay. <laughs> That's all I got for that. But Brodsky's old. It's Freddie Anderson, though. He's a spring chicken. <laughs> but Brodsky's old and injury prone. Now, Freddie Anderson come back from injury. <laughs> Your hand. Old Freddie Anderson. All right. You want to you circle around here and talk about Toronto for just a second? Yeah, I, yeah sure. We, we got we to bring up Austin Matthews. 52 yeah. goals, 55 games. I'm fucking real. That's... That's almost a goal per game, 55 mm-hmm. games into the season. 76 total points, which is, like, substantially not that impressive compared to his goal scoring. Like, yeah. if you just came to me and said, hey, how would you feel if 55 games into the season, Austin Matthews has 24 assists? Yeah. I wouldn't feel great about that. Right. You'd be like, well, he better have a fuckload of goals. <laughs> well, I got <laughs> good news for you. <laughs> yeah. My man is just putting pucks in nets. Yeah. Well, you're the one that wanted to make the case against Toronto. He's, he's the best goal scorer in the league. And in basketball and hockey, because there's five players in the ace at a time, I feel like sometimes we look at a superstar player and we expect way too much out of them to drag a whole team along. I'm not saying Austin Matthews is dragging the entire team along, but my God, is he putting a lot on his shoulders with the way he's playing? <laughs> and really, I mean, he's just one of the scariest players in the league to have to go up against. This Toronto team is, when I looked at some of the numbers, I was... I'm, 
I am just kind of surprised. I like picked on them in the offseason for some of their moves because they were trying to get more physical, and they actually are like near the top of the league in the amount of hits they're dishing out. They're getting a lot of takeaways. They're definitely doing things to try to make up for the fact that their goaltending is shaky, um, and they have to rely on Justin Wall to try to be the guy as a rookie. He was having a pretty good season before he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, just looked it up real quick while while we're we're talking about Toronto. Austin Matthews has accounted for forty percent of the Maple Leafs goals. Jesus, <laughs> that is unbelievable. And you know you you mentioned that they got a top they have a top three power play unit. I didn't mention that. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they generate a lot of scoring chances. Uh, and you you were just talking about how you think power play is really sustainable in the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, am I ever gonna like, you know, buy a ticket on the Leafs to actually break through at this point? Probably not. Until it's it feels like I'm watching a different team than I have once again for the last four years. But I can still watch and revel in the glory that is Austin Matthews. How would you feel? Okay, let's say you had to put a hundred bucks on it. You can either have the Leafs, the Kings, or the Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup this year. Who are you taking? Okay, I'm just gonna take the Leafs. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I think I would take. I, th- I think I take the Hurricanes. Now that I said right out loud, but I, st- I like it. It just feels like those teams have no chance, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what their points are, no matter what they've done this season, it's like I, I would, I would struggle to believe that the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup, despite the fact that Austin Matthews is on pace to score, I believe, 706 goals this season. Is that right? Yeah. It's it's past outcomes like make forming like your perception of a team constantly until they look vastly different. And I had a point this parlayed into, and then my mind went blank as I was speaking. <laughs> so you know that's unfortunate. Oh no! And so like it fits my perception of the Leafs in that like look at this year. It's like all right, they're on this win streak right now. They've been winning. They look great, and then. That happens like five times throughout the year. In the air five times, it's like, what's going on with the Leafs? The sky's falling. Everything sucks. <laughs> and it's just back and forth, back and forth. And the playoff starts. And people are like, Leafs could do it this year. Leafs could really do it this year. <laughs> when is the last time you've heard someone say that about the Leafs? I feel like people always say it about the Leafs. I feel like we're all in on the gag now, right? If you were going to tell me a league is scripted, my first guess would be the NHL because of the whole Leafs thing. And the Oilers thing. And the, the Leafs thing, thing. yeah. The, the <laughs> Leafs thing gets more and more absurd every year, though. Where it's like, oh yeah, this is you know one of the best regular season teams in hockey. They have the best American player walking this planet on their team, mm-hmm. and they somehow manage to get eliminated in the first round by the Tampa Bay Lightning every year. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, if if you're Toronto, mm-hmm. if like you're you're generally like the structure in the front office and the higher ups there, are you just hoping that Florida annexes itself from the United States and? the Panthers and lightning get kicked out of the NHL. I don't know, but God, do I hope that they end up playing the Panthers in the first round this year? (laughs) I want it so bad. It's kind of like whenever teams play in Miami early in the season in the, in the NFL Uh and they just get killed by the heat. Yeah. Except that the sport is played indoors in a controlled environment. So like the weather shouldn't affect how bad Toronto does against teams from Florida. Yeah, I mean, they go down to Florida for a game. Nightlife's pretty hopping there. It's probably pretty good in Toronto too, so that doesn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> you think? You think that like the Leafs players are just terrified of like alligators or parrot heads or something? 
<laughs> Maybe they heard there's anacondas in the uh, Everglades. <laughs> I'm fucking out. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got any more thoughts on the NHL? I got, I got one more thing. I was thinking about this here today. I'm going to send you a picture in the general chat because you have a really poor like understanding of Canadian geography. Uh-huh. But is it just me or does like... Wait. Western Canada hockey is really kicking the shit out of Eastern Canada hockey right now. Wait. What? Wait. Quebec is east of Ontario? Yeah. Well, north. Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. What? I would have totally <laughs> flipped those two. Yeah. So you go all the way west. You got the Canucks in British Columbia. Next door is Alberta. Okay, so the Canucks might win a President's Trophy. In Alberta, you got Edmonton, who could possibly win a Stanley Cup. Calgary, they're kind of falling apart, but also kind of still in the hunt for a playoff race. Then you go over the east. You have Austin wait, Matthews wait, in Toronto. Wait. What? Where's Vancouver? In British Columbia. Yeah, I'm not seeing it, though. Now, they didn't point it on this map, but it's in British oh, okay. Columbia. Yeah. Got it. Um, then you go over to Ontario in the east. You have Austin Matthews and William Nylander. <laughs> and then you have basement senators. And in Quebec, you have the basement Canadians. And then even worse, right there in the middle of Canada, you have the Jets, who are look like a fucking whirling ball of chainsaws just a bummer i was like wow it must really suck to be a fan of you know eastern canadian hockey teams definitely definitely like if you get to the east coast of canada it really fucking falls apart there <laughs> it really with does. ottawa and montreal yeah how is so are you closer no you're they they have toronto marked with a star there right but they don't they didn't have it list they don't have the name there i think the name's there because yeah. i was gonna ask are you closer to ottawa or toronto no, yeah, the star below Ottawa is Toronto. They okay, can't, the it. name's not there, but yeah, so I'm closer to Toronto. So what's this What's this Northwest Territory here? The Yukon? No. Oh, Northwest, Northwest Territory. Territories. <laughs> they couldn't think the of a name. What the fuck is that? They couldn't think of a name? Yeah. Does anyone live there? I don't know. Not a lot of people live in Yukon, though, in the Yukon either, because <gasps> I remember like Dylan Cousins is, I think, only like the second NHL player uh, from the Yukon, the, known as the workhorse from Whitehorse, baby. How about Nunavut? I've literally never heard of that before <laughs> in my life. That was the one I could. If you told me to name all the providences, I probably would have. That one would have got me. I need a, a scale Texas superimposed over this so I can get an idea of how big these providences are. Because in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's a big country. You guys right. need to divide up your shit better. Yeah, it's not a great picture because it's a, a PNG image. Uh-huh. So the background's gone. So there's like a lot of other like writing on this thing, but it's in black. So you can't oh. see it on Discord. Oh, yeah. There you yeah. go. Because I clicked on it and it, all that stuff wasn't on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking transparency layers. God damn it. All, all right, Mike. Well, you want to take a break and we'll talk some basketball? I don't see why not. Hmm. All right, Mike. We're back. It's time to talk about a little bit of the basketball. How are you feeling about the basketball there, Mike? EverQuest, because we got a lot of uh, All-Star Weekend talk, and I feel like it would be it would best serve the listeners. if When you talked about All-Star Weekend, really describe it like you're talking to someone who did not see much of it. We are not talking All-Star Weekend. Really? Yeah. Fuck All-Star Weekend, man. Look, listen. Okay. Can, you, you want me to vent real quick, and then, then we'll get to the fucking meat of this potatoes? Yeah, sure. I mean, I have two things I want to yeah, shit we'll, on, we'll too. Yeah, we'll hit on that so. a second here. So, okay. Here's the thing. As soon as the NBA makes All-Star Weekend worth talking about, I'll fucking talk about it. Yeah. But no, I'm not wasting time on my fucking podcast talking about this weekend that had one and a half interesting events. I'm good. You're good? Yeah. Fuck. So, and how about this? Fuck you, Adam Silver. Oh, the 
the East scores 211 points and you go, well, here's your trophy, I guess. How about you stop being a little shitheel about it and do something? <laughs> Fuck, man. You're the commissioner of the goddamn NBA. Stop acting like a child who got forgotten to get picked up after soccer practice. Fucking Damn. loser. Oh, my God. The Adam Silver pandering shit gets to me as bad as the Sirianni stuff does for you. I think you're the first person who said Sirianni, Sirianni is... I think you're the first person who mentioned Sirianni pandering a lot to me. So, Yeah, the Pander King. He's the Pander King. Yeah. <laughs> Down there at Pander Express. <laughs> yeah, that's how they talk about it in Boston, at least. Yeah. Ah, fucking Pander Express. <laughs> I saw a fucking um, Marcus Smart at Pander Express. So my two gripes with the All-Star Weekend from what I saw were just... One, well, that like thing they did with the court was fucking stupid. Oh, uh, the, the LED court? Yeah, I thought that was lame and like unnecessary how else are you supposed to get all these kids with their adhd and their tiktok to sit and watch the all-star game <laughs> and i just thought it looked really dumb and two the dunk contest is like i'm if i have to see one more person just jump over another person i'm gonna lose my fucking mind yeah we need a hard reset on the dunk contest yeah it's like i'm so sick of seeing people one guy stands there and holds the ball above his head and the air person like grazes his nuts on their head and dunks it and like oh 10 out of 10 two people jump shack couldn't even yeah. jump different people. Two people jumped right. Shaq. Like, I used to pick on Blake Griffin because he jumped to Kia and he went over the hood instead of the actual whole car because he's a little bitch. But at least that was a little more creative than I'm going to jump a person. Yeah. I, and I think, like, four of the dunk contest entrants jumped a person at some point. Right. Like, off the top of your head, who's the most, like, iconic – or what's, like, if I say iconic dunk from the dunk contest, what's the, like, first one or two that come to mind? Jordan jumping from the free throw line. Thank you. Uh-huh. And then the Vince Carter uh, hammer when he did that, it's over afterwards. Exactly. And neither of those were like, hey, I'm going to bring out like this dude I know, and he's gonna, I'm going to jump over him. Yeah. Like, that's just not interesting to me. I don't okay. care. Okay. I Did you have any other complaints? Because I want to spend that, a little time it, talking that, about the All-Star game. That was it. Okay. Because, dude, fucking make the All-Star game worth talking about. Yes. And stop stop pretending to be a wounded child, Adam Silver. You're a fucking millionaire that runs a sports league. And don't let don't put Steph Curry in the three point contest. He wasn't in it. Oh, that's right. He was he was uh, up he against the He did the one on one thing. Yeah. Sabrina Ionescu. That's right, that's right. I I do apologize. Never mind. Carlton Towns was in the three point contest though. Dame won, won. It a few years back. He did. Yeah. And Dame also won all star MVP. Even though Cat scored 50 points. <laughs> oh, he was a fucking loser, wasn't he? Yeah. Everyone's a loser in the All-Star game, Mike. <laughs> um, we're supposed to not... We're, at, we're done talking about it. <laughs> Don't bring it up again. <laughs> All right. Couple of couple of quick news notes to hit here. First off, I want to... Uh, our, our main The main thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to go through do a post-All-Star game check-in on all of the awards. Talk about the state of them. Talk about who's going to win them. But first off, I want to hit a couple of news items, some some interesting stuff, some stuff I found funny. First off, are the Bucks bad? <laughs> <laughs> They're 3-7 and seven since Doc came on, and their offensive rating has plummeted. Their defensive rating has slightly improved, but they have the 19th net rating in the NBA right now. Did you see the quote where Doc Rivers apparently told the Bucks when they called him that he didn't understand why they were firing What's-His-Face? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. 
Imagine someone calls you and goes, hey, we want to give you one of only 30 of these jobs that exist in the world. And you go, oh, really? Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, you thought their guy was doing it. I can't remember his name now. I felt like an idiot. But you thought he was doing a good job. You don't understand why they're firing him. And then they still gave him, gave Doc Rivers the job. What's What's funnier? The Doc Rivers getting a job after asking why that job's available? Or... Monty Williams repeatedly turning down the Pistons until they were literally breaking the bank <laughs> to get him in the building. The Doc Rivers one's definitely funnier. The Monty Williams one is just genius. He just, he just kept, he just kept, uh, I mean, he was playing hard to get. Yeah, he's playing classic. hard to get. It's classic. Every time they called, they'd video call him. He was just sitting there with his Coach of the Year award. He was like, oh, I didn't see you there. I was just polishing my Coach of the Year trophy. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do for you? Um. Next story here. Starting starting to hear a lot of buzz about Trey Young to the Lakers this offseason. How do you feel about it, that, Mike? Consolidate the powers of evil onto one team. LeBron's not there anymore, right? If they get Trey. Yeah. If they get Trey, I think LeBron's gone. Yeah, I just I cannot see LeBron and Trey on the same team. Feels like it would be a lot of people looking generally upset walking down a tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Like the image doesn't compute. Maybe it's because they're just from like two different generations. I don't know what it is, but I just can't imagine that in my mind. Do you think Trey Young would have to explain TikTok to LeBron James? <laughs> LeBron knows TikTok. Yeah, I mean LeBron's one of the most media savvy superstars in the you history wanna, of sports. You want to talk about pandering? Yeah, Pander Express. Um, <laughs> we should do an episode where we we create the pandering Hall of Fame. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Put it in the dock. So, trailing to the Lakers. How do you feel if it's like, you know, some salary matches? Like, maybe even if, like, LeBron's like, I'm going to opt out. They use him as a salary match before he can do anything with his contract. Then he opts out and goes sign somewhere else. The two Lakers pick they have left to trade and Austin Reeves for Trey Young. Is that too little? So, it's... The two Lakers picks, Austin Reeves, and then you said the salary matches? Yeah, like LeBron is a salary match. How would you feel about that? LeBron to Atlanta? Now I'm confused. Yeah, but he's so he's he's on the one and one. So oh. if they trade him before the start of the new season, he can then opt out. <laughs> right. Yeah, and go play wherever the fuck he wants. I I don't know if that trade works, by the way. I'm right. spitballing off the top of my head. The two Lakers picks are first, right? Yeah, two first round. They're, they the only two picks they they can currently trade. I'd probably say. I mean, I'd say yes if I'm Atlanta. Yeah, it's kind of. But then, like, are you saying we're entering in a rebuild? Because then you got to move Dejounte Murray too. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying what our team is Jalen Johnson and guys. <laughs> I mean. I'm not a fair person to ask about this because I have biases against Trey Young. So I get I get rid of him for like a ham sandwich. <laughs> it's, it's something to, to keep an eye on. You know what? We need to get him and LeBron in the, the same room because LeBron James did that whole thing where he like regenerated his hairline. <laughs> he could he could have some advice for Ice Trey. Maybe I don't I don't think Trey needs to like get more hair. Someone needs to buy him like a hair straightener or something. <laughs> He needs to stop like sticking a fork in a light socket before every game. Yeah. They, like I, I'm not, I'm not a man who typically recommends dreadlocks, <laughs> right? 
But you got to try something there, Trey. Come on. Try something. And just give up on the little bit of facial hair you have. It doesn't look good, bud. Fuck you. Fuck Trey Young. Um, okay. <laughs> Next up, another, just letting you be like a, a pig and shit here for the mm-hmm. start of this podcast. Mike, Bradley Beal is currently injured. Yeah. Would you care to guess? Wait, stop the presses. <laughs> Bradley Beal is injured? Okay. So the Suns are currently 33 and 24, which yeah. means they played 57 games. Would you care to guess what their record is when they have their big three on on all healthy and starting? One and two. <laughs> 14 and eight. Bullshit. They haven't been together that many games. <laughs> yeah, they've been they've been together for 22 games. 14 and eight. That's, uh, that's solid. That's a good middle of the conference record, right? <laughs> well... They're 33 and 24 right now, and they're in the middle of the conference. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the other thing is, this team has had Nurkic healthy all year, which they've basically put three guys made of glass and Devin Booker all on the same team, and somehow one of them has been healthy all season. Yeah, I don't um, – I mean, this is what you did. This is what you got rid of everything else for, was so you could be <laughs> in the play-in. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. You're the L.A. Lakers. I'm sorry you're stuck in 2006 where, like, the big three was still the way to go, but the rest of the NBA moved on, guys. Why is it you hate the Suns? I don't hate the Suns. I hate is it team- Durant? No, I actually like Kevin Durant. I mean... You know, he he said your team was lame, right? I, I know, That's yeah, why I didn't go there. But I feel like history proved him maybe he should have went to a different New York team. Like the Devils. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just... I. I criticize teams who empty out everything else they have over the idea of like forming this unstoppable trifecta when it's like, no, you know what wins championships now is like have two top guys and then actually have something else to put around those guys that wins championships. Like have a Giannis and a drew holiday and then build a good fucking team around those guys. There's I like a drew holiday is your second guy on the, the box. That'd be a fun game to play. Just ask people who the second best player on the box was before Dame got there. Well, because you you could like there's three guys who could be in the conversation, and it just depends on people's preference, right? Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Brooke Lopez. That's a good point. Chris Middleton's like not it. that guy anymore. No, but he was at one point. Not the year they won the the ring, though. I don't think he's, I think it, he's fucking bad now, man. Yeah, I mean, he's. I I've been watching a lot of Bucks recently, especially last <laughs> night because they toasted the Timberwolves. He's he's not good. Well, that's why when they when they traded. For Dame, I was like, man, if they could have somehow tricked the Blazers into taking Middleton instead of Drew, that would have been a fucking fleecing. Okay, and uh, Mike, the other the other big news. Clay Thompson coming off the bench these days. Bench Clay. They start pods over him. First game scored 35 points off the bench. Ooh, a little, little fire under him. Sometimes it's necessary. Now put him back in the starting rotation and go back to scoring 12. <laughs> well, they 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 played him on the bench the last few games now. And it's worked. Yeah. So uh, February 15th, that was the game he scored 35. The Lakers, February 22nd, that's their first game post-All-Star break. He only scored three in 28 minutes, one for nine shooting. Oof. And then last night against the Hornets, scored 13 in 21 minutes off the bench. But isn't that, at this point in his career, that's like the best spot for him? It's like come yeah. off the bench, and some nights you'll we'll get like that 
extremely hot catch and shoot clay we all remember and you'll pour in a lot of important points for us but as a starter it's just not there anymore especially he's coming off the bench with cp3 so mm-hmm. they have like a competent backcourt probably one of the best backcourts off the bench in the league yeah and now your starting lineup has pods trace jackson davis started a game for them curry green kaminga i think they definitely have the highest paid bench backcourt in the league for sure He's trying to think of who can even fucking compete with that. Yeah. Like Westbrook's on a veteran minimum. That would have been my guess mm-hmm. at one point. Feels like it'd be a weird team. I mean, you're, you're definitely right. Like, that's the, definitely the highest paid mm-hmm. starting or uh, backcourt off the bench in the league. But it feels like there's going to be a weird one. Like, it's going to turn out that the Wizards backup one and two guards are making like a combined $23 million this year or something. Yeah. So the the Warriors are currently tenth, so they'd play the Kings in the play in. Yeah, but they're surging. I think I it wouldn't surprise me if the Warriors get up to the seventh seed and okay. only only have to win in their end. So let's say for fun they they get out of the play in. And they go and they play one of the top teams in the East and they're down like three. Why would they play a top team in the East? Because <laughs> I'm David I'm Adam Silver and I changed the rules. Um I came out of my casket in the middle of the night to live my vampire life and change was the this rules. was this after you were whining about the all-star game that you control it was yeah it's the uh, eric andre meme where he shoots the guy and it's like who did this <laughs> or whatever um so one of the top teams in the west you're down like 3-0 you lost the first three games of the series by like 30 points a game you say fuck it and like start clay because you know it's all over for the splash bros we might as well yeah probably let's start one last time okay but i'll also say this if you're OKC or you're Minnesota Fuck and no. you, you win the one seed mm-hmm. and your reward is going up against the fucking Warriors, that fucking blows, man. Yeah. That blows. Like, Minnesota has toasted the Warriors this season. Mm-hmm. They fucking waxed them. But, like, I don't want to be going up against Steph Curry and Draymond Green in the playoffs. Right. And, like, Steve Kerr. Who they just signed to a record contract for the right. coaches. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, someone passed that monumental Monty Williams deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Main event time. You got any other any other notes you want to hit here? How do you feel about the Knicks floundering with every one of their players uh, in a cast? You know, I'll be all right. We'll get healthy. We'll get healthy, boys. <laughs> it's them and Philly, man. Like the East is the East is a one horse race, as long as everyone's hurt. It's just Boston and no one else. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just realized the Cavs have moved all the way up to second. Yeah, because Milwaukee's been terrible. And, like, do you really believe in the Cavs in the postseason? Like, no. we all we all have the lasting memory of, of the Knicks burying them, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not, not exactly like Donovan Mitchell was an all-world postseason player. Well, I guess Donovan Mitchell was, but that, that Jazz team wasn't a substantial player in the West with him and Gobert. No, he went like God mode that playoff series though and tried to make it happen. Him yeah. And it it was like that week it was like him and Jamal Murray were both going absolutely nuts. So every yeah. night you had this two guard who was shooting out of their fucking mind. Yeah. It was good shit. Good shit. All right, Mike. Our main event today. Post All Star break. Every team is around fifty six, fifty seven games. So we're starting to approach the threshold where players are gonna start meeting that sixty five game minimum to win mm-hmm. these awards. But 
as we have mentioned in the past on this show, one of my favorite things is to talk awards. So let's talk some fucking awards. Let's hey? talk some awards, bud. Let's talk some fucking awards. I got the odds pulled up here. We'll go through these awards one at a time. Talk about the odds. Talk about who we think is going to win them. Mm-hmm. So we'll start off with the the big cojones. Big cojones? I'm going to say the head honcho. I don't know why I, I accuse someone of having big balls. Um, <laughs> the head honcho award here. The regular season MVP, which I think has some gimmicky name now, right? They renamed all these awards. I have no idea what is it called. The I don't remember. It, they haven't listed on on FanDuel, so yeah. I don't remember. You said you the said, Wayne Gretzky Memorial MVP award. Uh, you said Big Cajones, so I figured it was the the Marco Bellinelli award. <laughs> so. Did he get fined for that? <laughs> he did. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, David Stern was like, "You don't have big balls. Don't say you have big balls." <laughs> I have big balls. <laughs> All right. David Stern wouldn't let this shit happen in the All Star game. All right, right. So here, here, here are your top five currently. Nikola Jokic, minus 125. Shea Alexander, plus 200. Luka Doncic, plus 550. Giannis, plus 1,200. And Jason Tatum, plus 3,100. Who do you like that isn't Jokic on that list? Okay, so... I mean, I like Shea Gill. And obviously, you gotta like Luka. But team success comes into the equation with Luka. They've been so good since the trade deadline, though. Okay. Which it's like four or five games, but still. Right. PJ um, Washington and and what, what fucking what's his face have really fit into that team. It's like Shea, right, like Shea and Luca, I like, but like if we're talking, if you put Doncic back in the situation, you're talking like where I think the best place to put my money is. I know it's minus one twenty five, but there's no way Jokic. Like I don't know who else you give it to. I think I think Doncic is going to kind of make a push here, man. I hope he does. I I love Luca, but I Jokic is on some god shit that none of us can, none of us mortals can comprehend. Do you see that he became the only only other player besides Westbrook to put put up a good put up a triple double against every team in the NBA? Minus no, I didn't see that. Yeah. But last last night he was the second player ever to have a uh, a twenty five point. Or second second big man ever to have a twenty five point triple double, yeah. <laughs> like it does not comp- it does not fully compute still how he does what he does based on the person I'm looking at. <laughs> um, so I, I I would love for Luca to make a push, but I don't I don't think it's possible unless it is. Sometimes they do get like, well, we can't give him the award every year. Yeah, it's voter. It's like I think that that's what you're really looking for there is mm-hmm. voter fatigue setting in. Yeah. And people going, well, we don't want to give it to Jokic every year, despite Jokic being the best player in the NBA right now. Right. And, like, Shea Gill's unreal, but you don't look at SGA and think he does as much. Like, he's not like a triple-double guy. He is averaging 31 points, five rebounds, six assists. Right. So, really good numbers. But Jokic racks up the triple-doubles. Which Doncic. why why is that I I still so fucking pissed off about the Westbrook MVP man difference though, Jokic racks up efficient triple doubles. <laughs> yes, that's the difference. Yeah, uh, he's averaging twenty six, twelve, and nine on the season. By the way, with a thirty one point five per, which an average per is fifteen. That's like an average NBA player has a fifteen per. Yeah. What about how do you feel about Kawhi? He's he's six on this list at uh-huh. uh, eighty to one, eighty five to one. I don't. What if the Clippers end up with the one seed? I still don't think Kawhi wins it. 
What if he plays like 79 games and they end up with the one seed? Yeah. Kawhi's playing 79 games. <laughs> you sure Ka- about that? <laughs> sure about that? <laughs> you lost me at Kawhi plays 79 games. <laughs> I'm just trying to like... I'm trying to like cast positivity on all the okay. injury prone guys like like Kawhi, Bobrovsky. Right. <laughs> gotcha. I'm just We're like, all playing all the games. If Kawhi hits 79 games, I'm going to get excited cuz that means maybe like Genie Bus is finally going to call me. <laughs> yeah. Uh right behind Kawhi though, 120 to 1, Jalen Brunson. Yeah, that's wrong. He should be top 5. <laughs> sad. Sad. <laughs> All right, Mike, next up on the awards list here, we have the NBA Rookie of the Year, which I'm sure is sponsored by Kia. <laughs> Number one, Victor Wimbayama sitting at minus 600. Chet Holmgren plus 500. Brandon Miller, 150 to one. And then Jame Jaquez and Brandon Pazewski, who are the only other two guys you can bet on, who are both 500 to one. So at Alder- one point during the season, this was a two-man race. It was like, is it going to be Holmgren? Is it going to be Wimby? But then last night, Wimby had a quintuple five. Yeah. He had a five by five. I saw that. Which, for those of you who are uninformed, that means he had at least five points. He had much more than five points. But he had yeah. at least five points, five rebounds, five assists, five steals, five blocks. He is leading the league in blocks. The most impressive part of that is the five steals, right? The man's got Mr. Fantastic Arms. I don't know. <laughs> he could wrap his arms all the way around most NBA players without ever making contact with them. That's <laughs> very Like, Wimby's living up to the hype. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to put it. And as, as fun as it was when we did, like, the whole Chet Holmgren thing or, like, you know, that Hami Hakez is getting some, like, love up there at the top. Wimby is unreal. And the only thing holding him back would be team success. But that doesn't matter as much for Rookie of the Year, it seems like. Like, Carl Anthony Towns won it in a season where the Timberwolves won, like, 24 games. In in the NBA, it really does. Like, NFL, I think it really does. Team success factors into Rookie of the Year. But for, like, hockey and basketball, I don't really think people give a fuck. I also think Victor, it's, like, you can even see the ways that he's going to improve in a few seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, he's shooting 31% from three. He shot higher than that when he played at Metro 98, and he shoots 81% from the charity stripe. And typically, free throw percentage is a better indication of shooting, shooting skill than just, like, raw shooting numbers. Mm-hmm. So I think we end up seeing his three-point percentage tick up a little bit. And if we get Wimby in, like, the 36% range on threes, fuck, man. Like, imagine having to guard seven foot two. Wacky, wavy, inflatable Victor Wimbayama at all three levels. Like, who in the NBA can guard that guy from three if he's hitting 36% of his threes? Oh, no. Nobody. It's like the Durant thing. Like, he can just shoot over everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, it was very fun early in the year because Chet came out of the gate so strong to be like, oh, Wemby's not running away with this thing. But as the season went on, it feels more like Wemby's grown. Like, you see him getting more comfortable. At the yeah. at the NBA level, and it feels like he's definitely taking it back over. What were his odds again? Minus six hundred. Wow. Yeah, he really just took that shit back over and walked away. Almost like. Remember when we did our preview pod, mm-hmm. and his number was like minus one twenty. I said bet it now because it'll never be that high again. Yeah. I think there was definitely a point in the season when it was higher than that, so I wasn't technically right. But I'd much rather have that number at minus one twenty than minus six hundred. 
Yeah. <laughs> Any more thoughts, rookie of the year, Mike? It's a good rookie class. It is. It is. Like those those top three there, uh, Wimby, Holmgren, and Miller all seem like they're going to be all NBA caliber guys. Mm-hmm. And then right behind that, Hame Hakez and Pods are like two more guys where it's like, yeah, those guys could be all stars. Yeah. See, uh, Obi Toppin's brother is in the dunk contest. Get, yeah, he, Mike, <laughs> I watched the dunk contest. Like, you know I was watching it, right? But did you see it? He jumped over his own bretta. <laughs> what was Obi Toppin fucking wearing for that, man? I don't I don't know. Any, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Obi Toppin looked like he was trying to dress like a grandma. It wasn't a good look. That's why, that's why, that's why we traded him. Yeah. Shit wardrobe choices. What'd you get in that trade? Two second round picks. For Obi? Yeah. Oh, not bad. <laughs> You're bad. What'd you think it was? I said it's not bad. Oh. I thought you said you are bad. No. I'm great. I wonder... Um, they haven't used either one of those picks yet, right? No. Um, I don't believe so. Anyways, don't know why we're talking about Obi Toppin. I don't know. Next award, Mike. Defensive Player of the Year. Currently, once again, Rudy Gobert just running away with it. They should just <laughs> rename this award to the Rudy Gobert Award. He's minus okay. 750. Like, for for those of you who don't gamble, that means to win $100, you would have to bet $750. Like, to be able to buy two video games, you would have to buy or spend enough money to buy two Xbox Series Xs. He's not going to, like, cough all over the award, though, and give us COVID again, is he? <laughs> Fucking Frenchmen always starting shit. How crazy is it? The two French guys are, like, the best defensive players in the league right now. Who's the other French guy? Victor Wimbayama. Oh, yeah. You know he's French, right? Of course I know that. Hence why he played Metro 98. <laughs> you know, the French oh, I team. Thought, I thought Metro 98 was, like, a video game he was in. I didn't know that was a team. My bad. He, the only video game he's in is 2K, brother. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy to think. Like, when you just look at someone, and you're like, that guy's in a video game. Like, you couldn't do that with most games, right? Like, you would never run into someone or see someone on TV in your natural life <laughs> no. and you'd be like, that's the guy from Final Fantasy. Right. I'm not going to run into Kratos on the sidewalk. Probably not. <laughs> but Boy. you could just watch a basketball game and be like, right now on the court, there's 10 guys that are in a video game. Hey, you see uh, all the college players got sent, like they can go on like the app to opt in. They get $600 in a free copy of the game for in- the new NCAA game. Can you imagine not opting into that? No. Like, uh, that's why people are like, uh, one podcast listening to, like a lot of players I talked to said they would do it for free just to be in the game. Like, yeah. it's going to be so cool for them. But Yeah, because then they get to be the thing we're talking about. Where they go, I'm in a video game. Ooh, look at me. That's me. <laughs> So here are your other uh, Defense Player of the Year run-ups, runner-ups. Jared Allen, 16-1. to 1. Victor Wimbayama, 16-1. to 1. Chet Holmgren, uh, plus 4,000. There you go again. Two rookies. Mm-hmm. Even though I think Chet Holmgren's a little overrated on this list. Yeah. Anthony Davis, 50-1. to 1. Uh, Bam Adebayo, 50-1. to 1. Derek White, 50-1. to 1. And then a huge drop-off to some of the other people. Not not a lot to say here, right? I mean, Jared Allen's having a very good defensive season. Victor Wimbayama and and Chet Holmgren are both having breakout rookie seasons on on that end of the floor. 
No, Rudy Gobert's going to win the award. It's going to be his like 14th straight Defensive Player of the Year award or something. Here, let's see. If I set the over-under at four and a half, you taking the over or the under on Defensive Player of the Years that Gobert will have by the end of this season? Ooh. I want to say this would be his fourth, but it could be his fifth. I'm going to say over, Bob. Under. He has three currently. You're right. It'll be four. Fuck. Yeah. I got so God damn it. <laughs> By the way, apparently this is the Hakeem Olajuwon trophy. Um, oh. So basketball reference says when, before you click the little drop down arrow, it says Victor, or it says uh, Rudy Gobert has won three awards. And you get the little drop down arrow and he's won defensive player of the year three times. That means he's won one award. Basketball <laughs> reference. <laughs> yes. On three occasions. You know, yes. what? you know how, like, for the Heisman, I always like to be that guy to be like, you know, this uh, defensive player really should be getting some attention. I'm yeah. going to now be the dude who's like, you know, this guard should really win defensive player of the year. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. It's all centers. Oh, yeah. Like, the top front court player on here, like, mm-hmm. non-center, like, maybe Bam? Once again, Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen, Victor Mumbayama, Chet Holmgren. I consider all four of those guys centers. Yes. Then Bam Adebayo? I consider him a five, but, you know. Okay. Yeah, I I think of him as a four, but he definitely plays a lot of five. Yeah. Derek White, who's a five. Giannis? Uh, I I think of him as a four. Yeah. Still still all front court, though. Yeah. Brooke Lopez, that's a five. Christoph Porzingis, that's a five. And finally, Jaden McDaniels, who's like... A, a small forward, but still, not a single guard. Yeah, not a single guard. It's bullshit. You know who won Defensive Player of the Year as a guard? Drew Holiday. Michael fucking Jordan. Oh, yeah, good point. LeBron ever do that as a guard? <laughs> or, not or, as a guard. <laughs> or in general? <laughs> no, he did. He, he's, he's, been, he's been a finalist a few times, right? No, he's never won Defensive Player of the Year because he doesn't have that Mamba mentality. <laughs> he lacks the insanity to do it. You say Vin Sanity or Lin Sanity? <laughs> Both. He doesn't have either of them. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's take a look here at why is oh the All Star Game MVP is called the Kobe Bryant Trophy? Yeah, Rookie of the Year is the Wilt Chamberlain Trophy. It means you have to score a hundred in a game to win it. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. You haven't had a winner ever. No one's ever won the award. Um. I guess the 2011-2012 season would be his closest to uh, winning the Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, yeah? Where are you coming? Where are you coming to voting? Oh, God. Let me figure it out. 20th? Well, I'm an idiot. What's up? Two years ago, a guard won this award. It was Marcus Matt. Marcus Matt. That makes it even worse. Before that, you have to go all the way back to 1996, where this member of the Seattle Supersonics, this point guard, won Defensive oh. Player of the Year. Gary Payton. Very good, very good. I have the list up in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, that then you have to go back to 1988, where this Chicago Bulls guard. Scotty Pippen. Nailed it now. <laughs> Anyways, I guess we'll never know what the voting results were for, we'll never know. for Defensive Player of the Year, because... No one just wants to give me, like, the top five. They're, they really want, I don't know, to tell me. Oh, maybe this will tell me. LeBron James finished fourth that season in Defensive Player of the Year voting. 
Just like how he only has four championship rings. I'm like Michael, <laughs> who has six. How many championship rings do the New York Knicks have as an organization? One. Uh, interesting. Pretty sure. The ghost. Tyson Chandler won Defensive Player of the Year that year that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn, Ben Wallace was a fucking monster. <laughs> can we can we go back to talking about this season? Four to five ben years, Ben Wallace won Defensive Player of the Year. It would have been... <laughs> It could have been five straight, but goddamn Meta World Peace had a slide in there in the middle of it. <laughs> they tried so to most kill that guy player. in the okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> You see Kevin Durant almost did that? No. Yeah, someone at a Suns game, th- this guy and his wife were calling him a bitch, and then when he went and confronted them, they were like, we love you, Kevin. Fucking, and, and that's fucking Ron Artest. <laughs> Ron Artest would be throwing haymakers. Right? I like to think that that's when he got mad is when they said, we love you, Kevin. I just really like, he just he can't handle his like emotions. He doesn't like affection. He definitely definitely can't. Definitely fucking gets on his Twitter account too much. All right, most improved player, which is an award that no one can ever really figure out, right? Like here, let me. Uh... Didn't Jimmy Butler win most approved one year? Yeah. yeah. So last year, Laurie Markkinen won it at 25 years old. The year before, John ja Morant won it in his second season in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Julius Randle has won it twice, I think. No, he just won it the once. The once. Um, Brandon Ingram won it at 22. Like, everyone seems to be, like, the 22 to 26 range, but Goran Dragic won it when he was 27. Like, it's just an award that doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Typically, it's won by someone who either has, like, a major promotion in their role, so they're playing more minutes, they can move from the bench to the starting line, something like that. Like, CJ McCollum won it one year, the first year after becoming a starter. Mm-hmm. Or... It's someone who takes, like, a leap. Like, good rookie season, pretty good second campaign, great third campaign. And that third yeah. year, they'll win it in. Like, that's, you know, your John Morant, your your Brandon Ingrams, your Giannis's. Those are the guys that win most improved like that. So your front runners for this right now, Tyrese Maxey, who's both in the camp of takes a big step up a few years into his career and gets an increased role because James Harden's out of the building. Mm-hmm. Darius Max is sitting at minus 270. Kobe White, plus 470. Jonathan Kaminga, 14 to 1. Alfred Sengun, 14 to 1. Jalen Williams, 19 to 1. And no one else really matters. Scotty Barnes, plus 9,500 if you care. But the, the, your top five are what, the ones that matter there. <coughs> Who was the second name you said? I'm sorry, after Tyrese? Kobe White. Kobe White. Kobe okay. White. For, for the Chicago Bulls, who's mm-hmm. probably taking over as their most impactful player right now. So I get that. Yeah. I like Kaminga at 14 to one Alfred and Sengun, That's kind of carrying over from early in the season and mm-hmm. Jalen Williams. You, you cannot possibly win most improved on a team where you're the third best guy. Yeah. Like Terry's Maxey while Embiid's out, he's been by far the best guy. So I get why he's the front runner, but just right. yeah, huge increase in minutes, huge increase in role in an award that is more ethereal than the other ones. Like if I said, who's going to win MVP, you'd be like the guy with the best statistical season. Mm-hmm. Oh, I said, Who's going to win most improved player? Yeah. I from, like I always think of this award. It never goes this way. But I feel like it should be, oh, that guy improved past, like, beyond expectations. For example, okay. like, John Morant just became what John Morant should have been. So is that really most improved? Or is that, that award should be, like, nice job at hitting your potential? So how do you feel about the argument that people made that in 15-16... Steph Curry should have won the award because his increase from 14 to 15 to 15 to 16, both years he won MVP, by the way, mm. was a significant leap 
and his quality of play. How do you feel about that? Um, I guess I could see that. So he went he just just to to give you like the argument here. He went from twenty three point eight points a game to thirty point one. Uh, four rebounds to five, seven assists down to six, but he increased in steals, he increased in blocks, his field goal percentage increased, his three-point percentage increased, and his uh, free throw percentage stayed about the same. And he had a, a win share that went from 15.7 wins to 17.9. So do you think Steph Curry should have won most improved player in 2015-2016? I guess I could squeeze that into my um, grading system by saying like he was at MVP level, so I didn't expect him to go to a whole new kind of MVP level. Therefore, he is so- most improved. So you would have been cool with that? I would have been cool with that. Okay. Just making sure we're consistent. That's all. Yeah. So, I mean, what? You, like, fucking you, Tyrese Maxey or Alfred Sengu? You got any, <laughs> any thoughts on this? It's so hard. Like, how do you have a fucking conversation about who should win most improved player? Yeah. There's not as much of, like, a concrete way to pick. I'll say Tyrese Maxey because I like Tyrese Maxey. There you go. Mike, once again, taking the front runner. NBA Clutch Player of the Year Award. Not even going to talk about it. Skip Skipping a fucking it. award. Yeah. <laughs> The NBA Sixth Man of the Year Award. Mike, do you care to wager on who is currently in first for this award? I don't care to wager. (laughs) I'll give you one hint. Okay. Plays in California. California. Austin Reese. Malik Monk. Malik Monk. Oh, yeah. Malik Monk, minus 120. Tim Hardaway Jr., 3-1. to Norman Powell, plus 470. Russell Westbrook, which means there's two different players on the Clippers that they're saying could win this award. Let me ask you something, Mike. One of those guys has to be the seventh man, right? (laughs) (laughs) They can't both be the sixth man. Yeah, that's not how this works, guys. (laughs) I mean, I guess unless every game, both of them come in at the same time. Play the same minutes. Yeah. Score the same amount. On the exact same rotation, possibly. Same usage. Yeah. (laughs) I guess They both talk to the coach for the same amount of time. You say Tim Hardaway Jr.'s third? Second? Second? Three to one. Everybody on their team are six men, like quality wise, <laughs> except for Luca and Kyrie when he just is actually available. How dare you say that about Derek Lively Jr., my giant son? Not true. I'll give up throw Derek Lively. He's, he's okay too. But everybody else, they're all six men. Okay, and then twenty three to one. That's uh, Russell Westbrook. Twenty three to one is also Nas Reed and Karis Levert rounds out your top six at thirty to one. I want Westbrook to win it just because he would have to be the only player to win an MVP and a six man. Oh my God. That is such a good question. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I wonder, yeah. What are, what's like the two most disparate awards that someone has won? Like has anyone ever won? Oh man, that might be the best one is MVP and six man. I can't think of like two awards that would be crazier. Like maybe like, has anyone ever won defensive player of the year and coach of the year? But even that you're switching jobs. So it seems a yeah. little different. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Has anyone ever won Sixth Player of the Year and MVP? Doubt it. I that's fucking think... sick. You know what? This town alone just officially became the podcast of Give Russell Westbrook the Sixth Man of the Year Award. <laughs> yes. Put this man in rarefied air. I'm not even I'm not even stumping for Nas Reed anymore. Fucking then, get get Westbrook that award, man. And then every time in the future, if someone does that again, they'll be like, Oh, he got the Brody. It's when you win an MVP and a six man. He got the Brody. <laughs> He can finally have something that he did for the first time instead of fucking just being <laughs> Oscar Robinson. Oscar Robinson never won an MVP, by the way. Really? 
Uh, he might have won one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like he had to. <laughs> Old people tell me he was a pretty big deal. Like the Bill Simmons of the world. I'm I'm looking. Yeah, he won one. See? So we gave the guy whose whole thing was triple doubles one award. And then later, when a different guy just did that again, we were like, that guy also deserves an MVP. Consistent. If I just went out and did a shot-for-shot shot remake of Oppenheimer, I'm not getting nominated <laughs> for Best Picture. You don't know that until you tried. <laughs> All right, Mike, last award we have to uh, talk about here. The NBA Coach of the Year. Mm. Current frontrunner, Mark Dagnall, minus 105. Chris Finch, my, plus 220. So that's your two frontrunners are the one and two seed in the West. JB Bickerstaff. 10 to 1. That's the Cavs coach. Ty Lu plus 1,000. Joe Maz, plus 2,000. And Rick Carlisle at 25 to 1. Rick Carlisle would be fucking insane if he won. Because Indiana <laughs> is like be. the sixth best team in the East. Yeah. That the, weaker divi- well. the weaker conference. Yeah. I like Chris yeah. Finch. That's where I'm putting my money. I, I like... I, I think whoever ends up with the one seed between Finchie and, mm. and Dagnalt probably does it. Dagnalt kind of gets the chops for being the smarter play designer. But if you have a team that goes buzzer to buzzer, best defensive team in the league, and ends up with the one seed, that guy's usually going to win coach of the year. Yeah, and would it be fair to say that what OKC did this year, you saw that coming from last year, compared to Minnesota, looked like they were kind of in a rough spot with the way year one of Cat Gobert went, and then all of a sudden they're just first seed in the West? Yeah. I guess Yeah, last season – it went from being the worst trade in NBA history to being like, yeah, you probably overpaid. <laughs> yeah, right. Should we give most improved player to the Rudy Gobert trade? <laughs> I think so. That's definitely. You should give it to Rudy Gobert. You're most improved because you somehow improved the hindsight opinion of your trade. It's That's the Julius Randle formula, man. Play like complete shit for one season and then play good again. <laughs> most improved. Get the awards in the fucking bag, man. You know what's really lame? Just looking at this MVP list real quick. Mm-hmm. We could have gone from 2008 all the way to 2013 with just LeBron James winning the MVP if it hadn't been for that one Derrick Rose season. Oh, yeah. It's so such a bummer he blew out his knee. Yeah, is that like the biggest what if from an injury perspective in sports? Like, is there anyone else you can think of? RG3? Barry Sanders. But even Barry Sanders had the highs, right? Like, he he had a few years like that. It was like Derrick Rose had, like, one fucking year. Yeah. Same thing with RG3. One fucking year, dude. I'm trying to think of it. Those are probably the two biggest ones I can think of. All right, Mike, you got any more basketball that we need to hit on that we didn't talk? Yeah, I mean, if the Knicks were healthy, they'd be the number one seed in the East, and Tom Thibodeau would be minus 4,000 to win coach of the year. But, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? I mean, if the if the Knicks were healthy, they might be the number one seed in both conferences. They might have already given us the championship, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is just playing for a Kia. Yeah. Larry O'Brien is already firmly in Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden. Yep. <laughs> no, I got nothing on basketball. You uh, you want to plug some stuff? We'll get out of here. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. You can plug stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, so, if you haven't watched the Elimination Chamber, or if you have, but you still want to read what our predictions were, that got posted on the website last night, um, where I once again lost... Things are not but good, people. You, at least you only lost by one. How many pay-per-views we got left? Three? 
Two? Two. I guess technically three if you count two nights of WrestleMania. So, Well, we don't. That's going to okay. be one prediction event. So. One big-ass article. Uh, so things are looking good there. Got my draft, guys. I keep plugging it, but it will be out this week for sure. I'm putting on the finishing touches of it, uh, meaning I'm waiting for my next wave of hyper-focus to come so I can like power through and finish it. <laughs> Um, other than that, follow me at Talent Alone Mike on Twitter, X, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, and Tumblr. <laughs> I like how you said Twitter, X. Like those are two different <laughs> platforms. <laughs> I still got a actually I still have an old uh version of Twitter installed before I got the X update. So I'm on there. Uh you can follow me at Town Alone Adam on Twitter threads, which you didn't say. And uh, <laughs> I said I said MySpace and Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. You can also follow me at Talent Alone on TikTok. You can email us at talentalonepod at gmail.com. And we got a special podcast coming out this week. we got a special mm. supplemental episode coming out tomorrow. Talking Formula One with Du Bois. Getting Du Bois on here. Talking to Formula One. Mike, quick, uh, quick query to you. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to be the best driver for RB Cash App Vin Moselle? Probably Duke Dasterly. Yeah, Duke Dasterly is a good pick there. <laughs> on uh, on Monday, we'll have more draft coverage coming your way. I'm thinking initially we're going to get the Tyler Karkara uh, Bears article out this week. We have it all set to go, but I decided that I wanted to release it during Combine Week, see if we can get some extra clicks for that draft coverage. So that'll be out next week. Always check out the League Pass watchability rankings on Tuesdays, and then park it back here next Saturday for another episode of Baskey. I miss anything there, Mike? I think you said it all. All right. Well, with that, we don't do plugs here, so let's leave. <laughs>